I'm Jeff Croft with Circle C Enterprises in Palestine, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. This is Texas Ag Today, the number one source for the latest news in Texas agriculture. The largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State covers it all. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Here's today's top stories. With a big change occurring in weather patterns, we could be headed for an active tornado season in the Texas High Plains. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. A congressman from Texas is fighting a rule that would allow fresh beef imports from Paraguay. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Act today. The Texas Beef Council is launching a new program this summer looking for your favorite beef restaurants in Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and the deadline to submit your nominations is Monday, March 4th. I'll have more details on Texas Ag today. Now, here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up? We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. Be sure to hold on tight because it all starts right now. Our show today is coming to you from the Commodity Classic in Houston. It's a joint meeting of the American Soybean Association, the National Corn Growers Association, National Sorghum Producers, National Association of Wheat Growers, and the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. I just arrived in Houston. I'll be heading out to get some interviews shortly, so I'll have more coverage of the Commodity Classic coming up tomorrow. We have a much better winter wheat crop here in Texas this year, with the crop showing a slight improvement over the past week. According to the latest Crop Progress and Condition Report, 46% of our wheat is now rated good to excellent, 35% fair, and 19% poor to very poor. But range and pasture conditions in the report are the exact opposite, with pastures still suffering after two years of drought. Only 12% of range and pasture land in Texas is rated good to excellent, 37% is rated fair, and a big 51% is rated poor to very poor. There are fewer sheep and lambs in Texas compared to a year ago. According to a new report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, there were 655,000 sheep and lambs in Texas on January 1st. That's down 4% from the same time last year. There were 515,000 head of breeding sheep and lambs in Texas, down 5% from the same time in 2023. The state is home to 405,000 breeding ewes one year old and older and 80,000 replacement lambs. The total lamb crop in Texas in 2023 was 335,000 head, down 13% from 2023. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. A group of Polish farmers and agribusiness leaders is touring Texas this week. They stopped by our office for a visit where I talked with Matus Sishinosha. He's a farmer and the CEO of the group European Carbon Farmers. He gave me a recap. He gave me a recap of the two-week Texas tour. 
So we started up in Amarillo and we made our way down uh, to through Hereford, Labok, uh, all the way to San Antonio and a little bit further south. So we saw cotton, beef, we saw a lot of sorghum and crops there, uh, including dairy. And now we are making our way a little bit towards the north, going to College Station later today, ending in Houston uh, at the end of our trip. They'll wrap up their trip with a stop at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. We could be headed for an active tornado season in the Texas High Plains. James Hunt tells why. In my conversation with Mike Gittinger of the National Weather Service, he reminded me that when it comes to long-range outlooks, nothing is guaranteed. But nonetheless, Gittinger says, based on past history, our weather this spring could get pretty rough. We tend to have more potential of having big tornado years in the high plains here in in the Panhandles area in years either we're in El Nino and it's continuing, or... We have been in El Nino and the years that we're transitioning out of that toward La Nina, a lot of those have been really active tornado, especially in the last since like 1990. So when we've been in moderate or strong El Ninos during the spring that we were transitioning to a La Nina or to neutral, at least five out of six times that's happened, we were above normal tornadoes. Once again, that was Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service office in Amarillo. Now switching gears here, for those of you in the dairy business, there's a big event coming up next week in Amarillo. The High Plains Dairy Conference is taking place Tuesday, March 5th and Wednesday, March 6th at the Embassy Suites. The conference is jointly coordinated by the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service and New Mexico State University Dairy Extension as part of the educational activities provided by the U.S. Dairy Education and Training Consortium. Topics to be covered include dairy economics, the outlook for exports, improving reproductive efficiency, and strengthening environmental controls. To find out more, including how to register, you can search online with the words AgriLife High Plains Dairy Conference 2024. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A Texas congressman is fighting a rule that would allow fresh beef imports from Paraguay. Jessica Domel has the story. U.S. Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas has filed a resolution of disapproval that he hopes may lead the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service to halt the importation of fresh beef from Paraguay. The congressman tells us the rule is unsafe. Paraguay has a long history of foot and mouth disease. The Animal and Plant Inspection Service introduced its final rule. And once again, you got to remember, this is a entity within the Biden administration, and it's a rule. It's not in statute. It's a rule. They've introduced this rule now where they're going to allow the importation of fresh beef from Paraguay. Foot and mouth disease typically is transmitted from live animal to live animal, but it's possible for foot and mouth disease to be transmitted. It's a contagious disease that can survive for many months on shipping containers and untreated meat products. And this rule that they passed was based on data that was collected from site visits to the country in 2008 and 2014. Congressman Jackson is concerned the fresh beef from Paraguay could introduce foot and mouth disease in the U.S. Texas 13 is the largest ag district in the state. It's also the number one fed cattle district in the entire United States. 
just in Texas, the cattle industry represents over $12 billion in value. So it's potentially a big deal here. If foot and mouth disease were to take hold here, an outbreak here, would we'd be talking about culling millions of head of cattle. They would probably institute a federally required slaughter program, which would cost over $10 billion in losses just to Texas alone. An outbreak would completely, you know, in addition, halt all global trade for the foreseeable future. And, you know, ranchers and beef producers, it's estimated would lose about $50 million per day just based on the trade disruption. We'll have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Texas Beef Council is looking for restaurants that serve great Texas beef. Tom Nicoletti has more. For today's program, we go to Austin, and Jennifer Madison is my guest. She is Vice President of Consumer Marketing for the Texas Beef Council. And Jennifer, the Ultimate Beef Trail Digital Pass is a new program at uh, the Beef Council that will be launching this summer. Tell us about it. We are really excited to announce the upcoming launch of our Ultimate Beef Trail Digital Pass. This is a comprehensive guide to the best beef-centric restaurants across the state of Texas. But we need some help first. So we are calling all beef-loving Texans to nominate their favorite hometown restaurants to be featured on the pass that will be available this summer. What is the ultimate goal of this program? Our primary goal with the pass is to celebrate and showcase the diverse culinary landscape of Texas. So we are highlighting restaurants that excel in delivering exceptional beef experiences. How can uh, people nominate their favorite hometown restaurant? You are going to want to pull up our form, which can be found through a bit.ly link. So that would be bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash beef trail. And you're going to want to complete that by March 4th to nominate the restaurant that you feel other Texans need to discover. So whether that's a cozy diner in a small town or maybe a busy steakhouse in the heart of the city, we want to hear what Texans have to say about their go-to spot for savory, delicious beef meals and share that with other Texans and, and those that might even be visiting from out of state this summer. That is Jennifer Madison with the Texas Beef Council in Austin. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Coastal Bend farmers have been very busy planting corn this past week, despite a sporadic start to the planting season. This is Harvey Beering reporting from the Corpus Christi area. And extended release deworming medication may be a more cost-effective product. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up. These stories, plus a look at the markets, are straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now... We're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. He always wanted to be a rodeo clown, but he had to settle for being a radio clown. Here's Carrie Martin with more Texas Ag Today. Coastal Bend farmers are busy planting corn. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. 
Corn planting around the lower coastal bend counties is in full swing as of this past week. That is great news for producers. Many had a bit of a sporadic start earlier this month, slowing down because of rain showers and colder weather. But now growers throughout the area have put in most of their corn and are looking forward to switching over to sorghum and cotton later in March. This past week, weather conditions did improve, and many producers had a situation they hadn't dealt with in many a year, and that was fields being too wet. Typically, we love wet fields, but when it comes planting time, it does create more and more challenges, and the last few years, the challenge has been the lack of moisture. Now, cotton producers are looking at that futures market, and ginners are getting a sigh of relief here in the coastal bend, as earlier in the year, many producers of cotton talked about reducing their acres again this past year. But fortunately, the price is strengthening, and the corn price, unfortunately, have been dropping and producers are looking at cotton acreage more favorably than they did in the past. Coastal Bend farmers and ranchers, very pleased and optimistic about the potential for the 2024 crop with good soil moisture and the outlook for some additional rains later this spring. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. Extended release deworming medication may be a more cost-effective product. Dr. Bob Judd tells why. Dr. Jody Wade indicates in Beef Magazine that although the extended release dewormers are more expensive, they may be worthwhile. There is five times more active ingredient in the extended release product versus the regular dewormers. The extended release product also lasts two to three times longer and generally gives you more bang for your buck. For those of you raising replacement heifers, the value of the heifers is directly tied to their health and reproductive efficiency. Deworming is considered to be a herd management practice that can yield potentially the greatest return on investment. And the type dewormer used depends on the age of the cattle and if they are nursing calves or heifers joining the herd and the time of the year and previous deworming history. Dr. Holly Rowe Johnson from South Dakota recommends a long-acting dewormer when putting calves out to pasture in the spring, and it is more affordable to use an extended-release dewormer instead of traditional injectable dewormer that requires multiple doses. Intestinal parasites have a negative impact on weight gain, milk production, reproductive efficiency, and carcass quality, and deworming heifers has been shown to improve growth, hasten the onset of puberty, and improve first breeding pregnancy rates. One study also showed that heifers treated with an extended release dewormer had heavier body weight, greater weight gain, and greater average daily gain than those with a normal injectable dewormer, and also had a 22% higher pregnancy rate. The extended release dewormer is effective for five months as the drug concentrates in a gel matrix in the gut, then releases the drug slowly at an effective level. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. A study on water shortages shows a huge impact on Rio Grande Valley agriculture. Gary Joyner takes a look at the study. 
Agriculture in the lower Rio Grande Valley desperately needs water. A new study estimates what those economic losses could be if there is no irrigation water for crops this year. The estimated impact is more than $993 million and a loss of more than 8,000 jobs. According to the Texas A&M report, Mexico's failure to deliver water to the U.S. under the 1944 Water Treaty has made a large impact. The current Mexican water deficit deficit is the second largest in the last three decades. This is not just a farmer problem. South Texas needs the water to produce crops, but also to ensure water is available for residential use. Citrus orchards are hit extremely hard by the water shortages. The report also estimates losses of $98.5 million of sugarcane and $108.5 million in losses for sugarcane production. Mexico is obligated to deliver an average of 350,000 acre-feet annually over the defined five-year cycles outlined in the Water Treaty. Currently, Mexico owes more than 736,000 acre-feet of water. The United States must do more to ensure Mexico honors the terms of the treaty. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. We'll check the markets coming up next on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. Sometimes you love them, sometimes you cuss them. Here's a look at the markets on Texas Ag Today. Both live and feeder cattle traded lower on Thursday as traders were not moved by the cash market's steady trade. USDA also released its weekly export sales report on Thursday, indicating beef net sales were down 3% from the week prior. February live cattle down 65 cents to 184. April live cattle down 77 cents to 185.35. June live cattle down 95 cents to 181.22. March feeder cattle down 60 cents to 249. April feeder cattle down $1.37 to 253.72. May feeder cattle down $1.85 to 256.12. Boxed beef was higher Thursday. Choice up 40 cents to 303.43. Select up $2.01 to $2.94.95. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Doug Bass sells cattle in Columbus at Cattlemen's every Wednesday. Doug, how'd this week's sale go? We had a good sale, Miss Larry. Packer cows and bulls look really good. Getting a little stouter, I think. Had some really good pairs sale. The calf market looked good. I'd call it steady the last week. Walk the pins with me. Packer cows and bulls, thinner, lower yielding cows, set by 90. Medium flesh cows, 91 to 98. Higher yielding cows, a dollar to a dollar 20. Lower yielding bulls, a dollar 10 to 118. Better high yielding bulls, 120 to 138. Pairs, good pairs, make from 2,000 to 3,200. Uh, medium type pairs, bring 1,400 to 1,800. A good bread cow, 1,600 to 
2,400 medium type bred cows, 1,350 to 1,500. That calf market looked really good. Two to three weight steers, 270 to 395. Heifers, 260 to 375. Three to four weight steers, 260 to 380. Heifers, 250 to 345. Four to five weight steers, 250 to 345. Heifers, 240 to 315. Five to six weight steers, 235 to 315. Heifers, 220 to 292. Six to seven weight steers, 230 to 274. Heifers, $2 to 265. Seven to eight weight steers, 195 to 256. Heifers, 180 to 228. And your 800 to 1,000 pound steers and bullion bring 185 to 228. Hefferettes, 135 to 204. Sounds like you had a good sale. What was the count? A 996. Are you anticipating anything next week already? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, we're actually going to gather a little set of cows today to put in the traps. Uh, some folks are selling out. supposed to be a pretty nice little set of Brayford cows. But, uh, yeah, we've got a few calls, and, uh, you know, so we're expecting a decent sale as long as weather allows. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for Cattleman's Columbus next week. My sale is 979-877-4454. The office phone is 979-732-2622. And, neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pens, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm Larry Marble. Good day to you. Lean hogs traded higher Thursday thanks to strong pork interest. April lean hogs up 62 cents to 86.62. May lean hogs up 27 cents to 90.72. USDA's weekly report for pork exports was positive, and there was a slight increase in pork cutout values on Thursday. Block cheese fell a penny Thursday to $1.60. Barrel cheese fell two cents to $1.65. March class three milk down 26 cents to $16.98 a hundredweight. April class three milk down 27 cents to $17.22 a hundredweight. After triple-digit gains on Wednesday, cotton traded lower on Thursday. Analysts say that's due to speculative liquidation and weaker export sales. May cotton down 151 points to 99.57. July cotton down 195 points to 97.77. December cotton down 47 points to 83.81. Corn traded higher again on Thursday thanks to a dry and warm forecast for central and northern Brazil. Corn demand also remains good. March corn up two and a half to 4.15 and three quarters. May corn up one to 4.29 and a half. September corn up a quarter to 4.50 and a quarter. March hard red wheat up seven and a quarter to 6.02 and three quarters. May hard red wheat up six and a quarter to 5.87 and a quarter. July hard red wheat up four to 5.74 and a quarter. April natural gas down two cents to $1.86. May natural gas down four cents to $2 even. April crude oil fell 48 cents Thursday to 78.06. May crude oil down 54 cents to 77.29 a barrel. For Texas Ag Today, I'm Jessica Domel. Thanks for joining us for Texas Ag Today. Be sure to follow the Texas Ag Today podcast found wherever you listen to podcasts. For more Texas farm and ranch news, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.